Raunchy Power Hour, a book club for discussing romance from the erotic to the erroneous. As always, this is an explicit podcast and contains strong language, adult themes, and sexual content. If you are sensitive to these things, we urge you calmly but sincerely to turn off your radio now. This month, we are reading Barbarian Alien by Ruby Dixon. This is part two of Barbarian Alien. This podcast will contain spoilers of the entire book. If you want to read along with us, stop listening now. It's okay. We'll wait for you to come back. This is our concluding episode of Barbarian Alien. If you haven't, please go listen to the first part. Yes, we'll wait again. This book contains themes of dubious consent, grief and loss, kidnapping, and mentions of rape. You have been warned. I'm your producer, Ashlyn. I'm one of your hosts, Sydney. And I'm a piece of metlac leather that covers Rahash's loins. Now get ready to get raunchy. I got shocked into silence with that one. <laughs> Hi, my oh, name is Winkloth Lauren. <laughs> not the blue barbarian bull sweat. I'm good. It's Sakui Sydney and Loincloth Lauren <laughs> covering <laughs> barbarian <laughs> aliens. Yeah, I have a question to ask you. I don't know if I want your question now. <laughs> Nobody ever does. <laughs> okay. If you had to resonate to one of the following four aliens, which one would it be and why? Your choices are Vectal, who we know from Ice Planet Barbarian, Rahash, who is the main male love interest of Barbarian Alien, Ahako, who I presume is the male love interest of the third book, but I don't know, he's somewhere in the series, and Hayden. Will he ever find love? Will he ever? So, considering I have not been in the headspace of Hayden and Akon, Akon, um, Akon, I don't know. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, I'm gonna disqualify them for now, for me personally. Um, so it's real. It's truly a competition between Rahash and Bechtel. Um, maybe just because I'm reading up on him now, but I think I would go Rahash. I don't know. Someone who's... Actually, no. I'll go for Vectal, because I'm also extremely stubborn, but I wouldn't be like Liz and be forgiving about it. (laughs) That's so fair. You're so real for that. I would would kill him. (laughs) I'd be like, get the fuck away from me. Like, I'm so done with you. Yeah. Also, too, apparently you get the benefits of being the chief's wife and, like, you know, powers and and authority. I would be better than Georgie. (laughs) I would hope so. The bar is low. (laughs) The bar is in in hell. (laughs) And and not Hoth hell, for sure. And not Hoth hell. But Lauren, what about you? Mm. So maybe I'm going out on a limb here. Mm-hmm. But the little that we've read of Ahako in this book, I'm really into him to such a degree that 
I don't think I could wait one more year to read the next installment of Ice Planet Barbarians. I if I find out that book Ooh. three is a Hako story, I may have to read it in my spare time because Ashlyn is looking it up for you. Thank God. I will give my justification though while she's looking. I I historically have always been attracted to like good natured humor. I think at the end of the day, my initial like fictitious attraction is very much like the dark, broody, like grumpy sunshine dynamic. So I think initially Rahash would be my pick, but for more of a long term resonance and investment, Ehaka just seems like such a pleasant, pleasant man to be with. He's, He's chipper, but not too chipper. He's a little bit sarcastic and snarky. But like in a way that's like good natured. And I, I love that in a partner because I'm not very funny. So I need someone who is, you know, Lauren, you just described me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I resonate for you. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> that was the sound. That was something in my ear. Sorry. I got a little too- <laughs> Sorry, my 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 cooey was purring a little too loudly. Um, <laughs> Ashlyn, do we have right. a, a conclusion about that book? That book is, in fact, about Kira and your man Ayako. Yes, all right. Yes, I need it. <laughs> Sounds like we might be doing uh, part three of the series sooner than thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so. That was such an unhinged demon sound. <laughs> He's so cute. They said he had short shaven hair, and I was like, "Oop." <laughs> He's a bit of me, as as they say on Love Island. Oh, he's a bit of me. He's my type on paper. He's <laughs> your type on paper. He's my type on paper. Um, <laughs> with that, um, do you want me to give a quick summary of part one? Ah, uh, you read my mind. I was about to ask you to do the very same. I I resonated with you, and I can read your mind. Ooh, it sounds like you're my perfect mate. Oh my god, fuck Vectal, move over. Must <laughs> say, move over, Vectal. I want my my ice planet barbarian lady. Ooh. Oh. Lauren, you'll love this. Uh, Ashlyn just sent you a uh, a photo of. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> he is so perfectly himbo. He reminds me so much of Emmett from Twilight. I think that's why I really like him because I'm an Emmett girl. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Ugh. You're foaming at the mouth. You're feral. <laughs> I promise, I'm completely sober. I'm drinking tea. Oh Damn. Oh my god. Oh my god. That third pig. Get out of here. Ashlyn, leave this chat. I cannot focus. I cannot focus. <laughs> this is crazy. Cool. Lady are not gone on that one. <laughs> oh my god. Um, safe to say, I think we all understand now why people continue to read this <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it now. Um, Ashlyn, you've got what is that, Lauren? What the heck? <laughs> anyway, 
<laughs> with that, let me do a quick. Um, sorry, um, Ashley and I just found. Um, <laughs> if you pay nine dollars, you can get an eighteen plus not safe for work um, <gasps> um, images of nine of the different aliens. <laughs> Oh my god. Listen. Listen, if we if we all go in, there's three Jesus of us. Christ. There's three of us. Three dollars. Dollars. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um <laughs> just a bonus recap, episode. <laughs> oh my god. Us review. <laughs> hey guys, we can review if you want to send us weird <laughs> Etsy listings for the ice planner prepared secrets, we'll break them. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Uh, is Ice Planet Barbarians going to be your thing? It might be. We'll see. Um, <laughs> this is my third time trying to summarize part one. Uh, part one, uh, we open with Liz. We're still on that ice planet, you know. Um, and the rescue team from the aliens has come to save the day with the girls. Uh, they pop open those capsules and we get uh, six more ladies into the mix. And uh, then Rahash has decided to be like, hey, that's my lady. But Liz is like, nah, don't want it. Uh, and we go to get the cooey, and Liz says no. Rahash says yes, forces her to have it, and then he kidnaps her off to a little cave so that they can like bang and fall in love. We gotta stop sending stuff in the chat while I'm trying to explain things. <laughs> and um. Yeah, he takes her to a cave. She's not happy about it. She wants to hunt. She wants to be independent. She wants to be her own lady. And um, he's like, that's not how we do things on our planet. She's like, fuck that. Uh, they There's quite a bit of conlingus. There's some duo masturbation, which is very hot. Um, and some very good erotica scenes to come from that. Uh, but they bond, kind of. Um, and... Liz is like, hey, I guess he's not as bad as the guy as I thought he was. And Rahash is like, she's stubborn. I like it. Uh, then they're going, they like have a little bit more like playtime and do all that stuff. And then they go out hunting and then, oh no, an ambush and left on a cliffhanger. Well, they're not knowing if they'll actually fuck or not. <laughs> Will they? Yet to be seen. Won't they? <laughs> I, I think, think the real I question is guess. how Yeah, the real question here is how many times actually place your bet now. The the first viewer that leaves a comment with the closest guess of how many times they F it's a, a really blue star. A blue star. <laughs> a really blue star. Well, thank you for that summary. It was a lot better than what I could have done given what is going on in our Discord chat, in which I'm actively in heat. Um but speaking of being in heat in in hot treacherous situations are we ready to delve back into barbarian alien ready (laughs) all right lauren's back on plot summary so you know this episode's gonna suck ass all right here we go so (laughs) so so we resume and what perspective are we in? This is already starting off great. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Rahash, Rahash's 
By the way, Lauren is also taking, um, is also following my notes, and they are as chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think all of us just decided to like either not take notes or take very just hilarious spur of the moment notes. No pun intended with spur. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh God! I'm, don't bring up the spur. Don't bring up <laughs> the spur thing. Which is apparently uh, an andro- we didn't even mention that it's an androgynous zone apparently for these aliens, which they never knew about apparently until Yeehaw Liz came around. Anyway, before Liz said, "Hey, is this sensitive?" and Rahash was like, "I don't know," and she's like, "I'm gonna lick it." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so apparently we're in Big Dick Rahash's perspective. Um, so he is obviously really concerned because his mate who he is incredibly protective over is being surrounded by these ewok like creatures called metlex which apparently it seems have almost an ambushing tactic in which like their young like sort of wanders off of their own and then of course like the entire herd question mark if that's the collective term comes out and sort of like in defense of this young is like backing um liz and rahash to this end of the cliff and rahash is like okay be careful of this cliff like i don't want you falling off um you need to run like run to skate and she's like no i don't want to leave you which you know what fair cheesy trope yes but it's fair because liz has a hunting background and she is equipped with a bow and arrow that she fashioned herself and she has four arrows left and as rahash goes in to like run an attack with his spear or his knife or whatever he charges in melee style to go fight off these metlacks. He starts quickly getting overwhelmed. He also sees that Liz is having some of these metlacks encroach on her to the point where she's in danger. And so his solution is, well, I can't get rid of all of them, but I can get rid of some of them and give her an increased chance of getting the hell out of here. So what does Rahash do? He takes, what was it, like five metlacks or something and like hurls himself off this cliff about a 30 feet drop. And basically, like, we're going out together. Like, James Bond. I don't yeah. know if James Bond's ever done that. I've never seen a James Bond movie. Down, down. <laughs> <laughs> In Mad Lacktown. Um, and Imagine he's down. Going down, swinging. <laughs> I'll be another one with the arrow. <laughs> a loaded spur complex. Suck me and pull me. I don't know. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> yes, Rahash goes down, down, um, and fuck me, <laughs> fuck me, and he's like broken and 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 messed up at the bottom of this cliff. And Liz is like, "No, oh my God!" and Rahash. is like, "Rahash," you know. And so she has her her protagonist like, "I'm a badass" moment. In which, honestly, I will get your thoughts on this as well, Sid. I was like, you know what? This kind of ate. It kind of ate. The scene was kind of good. She takes her four arrows. Um, she's, you know, fitting them off and then tries a trick in which she uses the baby Metlac as like almost a hostage situation and hopes that she could back this Metlac down the cliff, get to her hosh, release it, and the Metlacs will follow the child. Turns out it works. Mm-hmm. She's able to recover. Rahash has to mercy kill the remaining Metlacs that he took down with him that did not quite die. It's very sad. Um, and then mm-hmm. she finds out that he is still like resonating. His Kui is still active. So this insinuates he's alive. And she's like, oh my God, the thought of losing him, <gasps> the peril of it all. 
Sydney, what did you think of this scene? Um, I'll be honest, I skimmed through the part where she mercy killed the other Metlarks because I was like, okay, mm-hmm. get on to it. Um, but honestly, it was kind of a boss babe moment for her to be like, I'm going to kidnap a child and see if this works. Um, I get it because like, in, I'm bringing in realism into my alien porn book. You should. <laughs> uh, because like, in nature, animals like protect their young and to see them in danger, they'd either like attack or they'd like hold off and like see what the other animal is doing. So honestly, it was kind of realistic, kind of liked it. And Liz, it was kind of a boss babe move. Fully agree. Normally when this trope is enacted in in books, regardless of genre, I do kind of roll my eyes a bit because a lot of times it's a case where one character has no background or justification for like being a badass and then suddenly is one out of nowhere versus I think this was the first time we saw Liz in this book, like actually have evidence to back up all these claims that she's like a decent hunter and like, you know, can handle her own. And I thought, you know, honestly, I didn't mind it. I thought it was. mm -hmm. I'm just going to say, or at least has like some survival instincts. Yeah. I'm going to keep bringing up Georgie because Georgie is just awful. (laughs) Do it. Yes. Yeah. It was great seeing a character that not only has a backbone, but like can defend herself in a way that wasn't, I'm not like all your girls cringe. You know, Mm -hmm. I was like slay. And also, it also made sense for her to Mm -hmm. stand up for herself slash kind of do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to form my words and I couldn't. No, I get you. That's that's totally correct. I agree with that. But also the uh, next thing, like I was like, okay, so she's not only brave, but she's literally strong. Oh, for sure. She drags his like seven foot honking warrior ass all the way back to their cave. And it's it's said in the book that they go a distance, like yeah, Hercules style. And she, and she also like fashions I, I forget what she called it, but it's where you have like two planks of wood and then fabric. Yeah. And, and like does that and creates that. And I was like, okay. So like I can dig her. I can dig Liz because yeah. she has some you know <laughs> some wisdom, some way to yeah. protect people. Admittedly, I think I'd have to leave that man behind because I'm so scrawny and so like not survivalist. Yeah. I have no self-preservation wilderness skills at all. I would just be like, Neither. listen, it was a good run. I, I gotta go. <laughs> My mom's honestly, calling. I thought, <laughs> honestly, I thought at this point she would like run back up and like try and find the others or do something. So oh. I really didn't expect it. Um, Interesting thought. Yeah. Hmm. Well, fortunately for her, she's a boss babe. And she doesn't She's fat- a boss babe. She's oh yeah <laughs> she she drags her mate back to their hunting cave that they've been staying in and this is kind of the turning point where we start to actually see liz soften up and open up to the idea of him actually being her mate because this whole time before well they've had like relations you know it's all been under the guise of like we're just doing this for fun like i don't have choice in the matter you may be resonating for me but i don't entirely agree to this arrangement this is the first time where i think she 
comes to terms with the fact that she enjoys his presence and would actually be gutted if he was gone. And you know what? Is that trope a little overdone for me? Yes, but I didn't mind it. I thought this was a good point in the story for that. Um, and it also helps that he was unconscious for like nine days. <laughs> yeah. So we got we got to we got the, we got to see it play out a little bit, a little bit of tension. Will they? Won't they? Um, she proceeds to care for him for nine days. She's basically working herself to the bone. Like she is nonstop mm-hmm. helping him. He's basically unconscious the whole time. She has to, you know, check the traps, cook, clean him, make sure he's well, etc. And she barely has any time for herself. She also reset his bones. Oh, I forgot about, about that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's a baddie. But and all the while, Rahash is laid up being like, let me let me touch her every time she she grazes <laughs> the air that I breathe. Let me you know because every time we touch i get <laughs> welcome to the karaoke episode of the raji Baron. you're welcome We're sing to you um yeah i like so the whole thing is like his cooey is like not working as well as it should because they haven't fucked yet which i'm like i love when you when you remove yourself from from the context of this i love the idea of like Oh, I'm in pain because I can't get pussy. You know, <laughs> I'm weak. Fuck! I'm a virgin. Ah, oh, my leg! I broke my leg. Oh, shit! Oh, I can't. You can't frog? heal properly until I become until <laughs> the frog Yes, I love it. It was so stupid, but you know what? We we forgive and we forget. Um. But eventually he kind of comes out of it at about nine days later. She realizes because she's had no time for herself, um, other than, you know, the one time she goes outside the cave to masturbate, evidently. Um, she comes back and she's like, let me give myself a little sponge bath. I smell like dog shit. And as she's like bent over using a little a little soap berry or whatever, he comes up from behind her. And he's I like, know, right? hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear. <laughs> Mm, me big blue Aryan uh, barbarian me fuck <laughs> me me want me want you me you know that like meme where's the what was it the chimpanzee says his says a sentence for the first time where it's like me yeah. want orange you orange me but <laughs> yeah it just reminds as, me of as my iconic little um chapter 19 summary goes for everybody mm-hmm. she bathes he wakes they fuck Oh, yes. Oh, yes, they do. Oh, yes, they do. How did you like this scene, Sydney? Oh. You know. I mean, I'm I have preferences to the very first erotic scene we got because that that one is hard, hard to beat. Um, hmm. I'm learning so much about you. I know. I know. <laughs> The internet and the world is learning too much about me. <laughs> um, I think it is. I liked that it was. I'm trying to. I'm trying to put this in an eloquent, eloquent way, without giving too much of myself away. We're we're a smut pa- podcast. We've we've passed the point of eloquency. You got it. True. 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 <laughs> um. So I liked that it was kind of realistic in the fact that he just like came immediately. <laughs> He was just like, yes. 
<laughs> Sorry. So true, though. Um, but, like, they bang. Like, there's some more... Con- like, he... Uh, like... He's a very forgiving lover. Let's just say that. Yes. He's very caring and makes sure she is taken care of. And then he takes oh, care yes. of himself. Um, so... Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. It was good. Oh, yeah. Was, like, for an actual intercourse scene? B- pretty good. Very much enjoyed. Solid. I... I'm inclined to agree. Is it my favorite scene out of the book? No, but it was good. And Lauren, I shared I, mine. You have to share yours now. <laughs> oh, trust me, I was about to. Um, okay, good. <laughs> we have not gotten to my favorite yet, so I will. I will hold that for oh, when we get there. But I will say, I, I I've consistently enjoyed the the aspect of Rahash's like hunting role within the tribe, translating. Mm-hmm. To being almost, I wouldn't say almost entirely, but like almost like 70 30, like a giver. Like he very rarely yeah. ever requests to receive. And like, not to say that, like, I mean, obviously both partners in a relationship should receive, like, you know, whatever kind of like affection and intimacy they're wanting. Nothing wrong with being a receiver. I just think for, for a smut novel, that's what I would assume is targeted at like straight women. Yeah. I like that. I was like, slave. He eats literally. He does eat. (laughs) He does eat. And it tastes like honey, evidently. I know. He keeps saying that it tastes like honey. And I'm like, I'm like, I feel like, I feel like you do need to go check that out because that's um, probably concerning. But you know what? Maybe she just has a lot, like a like a year's supply of Summer's Eve that she uses every day. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like chemical burns. Like, oh god! <laughs> sorry, sorry. You wanted me to be detailed. <laughs> you asked for this. I did ask for this, and you know what? I both regret it because I I seem to always have amnesia when I come when I ask you about this stuff and then I remember every single time. You just wake up in the middle of the night covered in sweat and you're like what the fuck again. Did I do? <laughs> oh God. Yeah. They, they she bathes, he wakes, they fuck. Um so so for context in this scene, because it's relevant for the next chapter, and for context. Mm-hmm. For the most part, they kind of do just like straight up get to banging. You know, there's not a whole yeah. lot of lead up. While this isn't bad because they've been like depriving themselves for so long, essentially, I see they needed it. And the next chapter, chapter 20, Liz essentially has to teach Rahash the concept of foreplay and the and the desired importance of it for her. And they engage yeah. with said foreplay for like the whole chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is another uh, orange tab, which means sexy in my book for that. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good yep, one. Yep, yep, yep. Woof. Um. Anywho, like, like <laughs> will you say my name? <gasps> okay, that was one of I my was top contenders. Homing out the mouth. <laughs> this scene is is one of my top contenders. Okay, I yeah. Yeah, like 
I'm going to finish it because listeners, you need to hear this because it will. If, if this doesn't convince you to read the second book in the Ice Planet for Baron series, I don't know what will. Will you say my name, Liz? As he presses light kisses to my mouth. I lick my lips, whimpering with his touches. Why? Because I want to hear my mate say my name when she comes for me. <laughs> my God! Rahash is like low-key a freak the sheet. <laughs> That's the tagline for this episode. This better go yeah. in the episode description. Yep, 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 yep. Oh my god. He's like a freak in the sheets, and I like that because he he like as a person is actually fairly docile, I think. Like he has mm-hmm. like a gruff exterior. Man's is kind of a softy. Like this whole book, I've been like, you you're a little you're kind of soft, you know, which I like. That's not a problem. Yeah. But then when he's in bed, he's like, say my name, say my name. Say my name. Yeah. And he's like, oh mine. Listen, I am a possessive girly. I'm not gonna lie. I like a little bit of it. And he's I was eating it up. I was like, num 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 num. Please give me more morsels. <laughs> mine. Oof. It's just like, yes. <laughs> Yes. Throw back to our very first episode of Ice Planet Barbarians, in which we were like, and then they yep, do the yep. do. Oh my god, we were awful. And now we're like, I like it like this. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, um, so I think they off screen spend about, what was it, like three days or something, basically like just continually fucking in the cave. Um, oh, also, wait, and- we forgot in the last chapter. Sorry, this is another orange tab. This is another section oh, tab I forgot to bring up. Um, again, he is a very forgiving and very giving lover. Um, and he says the line, allow me to lick and pleasure you tonight as we promised. And I was just like. Sheesh. Like, goddamn. Sheesh. Mm. <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to convince me of a good time. Let's go. Are we sure we don't want to revise our answers from earlier in this episode with preferred mate? Yeah, true. I may go back to Rahash. I I don't remember sweating this much over Vectal. You know? No, I didn't. He didn't do it for me. Because Vectal was just like very kind and very sweet. And he was, I think the fact that he just ate Georgie out quite often, we were like, ah, that's a nice change of pace. Yes, the bare minimum. <laughs> mm, the bare minimum. And then lapping it up. And then with Rahash, we have him go, say my name. And you're like, ah. <laughs> oh. Ah. Oh. Take me to your hunting cave. I'll be, um, I'll be your alien wife if you keep talking to me that way. <laughs> true. I don't need a cooey to, to resonate with this man. And I'll say, God. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's the TikTok with the credit card where it's just like banging on the table. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I don't know how to like reenact that audio yeah, wise. Without I know what you're it, talking about. Yeah, without it being an awful audio. Yes. Yes. But, anywho, in the next chapter, we, we, we do just a slight time drop of a couple days. They basically just lounge around the cave and like fucking shit. It's fine. And then they're like, mm, we gotta like rejoin society and shit. We can't just like lay around and fuck. And so they they go out to like, 
I believe it's just like casual hunting. And while they're outside, they start hearing shouting like like humanoid voices. And Rahash is instantly just like tense and like, oh, my God, we, we got to go back to the cave. Like, Liz, come on, come on. And she's like, what's wrong? You know, and he's like even trying to like pick her up and like run her back to the cave. She's big on autonomy, doesn't love being kind of like thrown around and shit. Basically, she comes, she puts two together, realizes that this is members of Rahasha's tribe, probably coming to find them and convinces him very lovingly to like stay and wait for them. Just like reassuring him, like, I'm right here with you. We'll face this together. The hunters are revealed to be a Hako and Hayden, two men that have not yet resonated with any of the humans that are now joined the tribe. Uh, Hako is uh, love of my life. He's very good natured. He is like, you know, just kind of like a he gives me the vibe of like a sidekick in like a high school or college coming of age movie. I don't know if y'all got that yeah. vibe, but he has that personality. Um, and then Hayden yeah. is grumpy. Well, grumpy. Yeah. For no reason. <laughs> we don't get any explanation on him. Exactly. He's not even grumpy in like a tall, dark, and brooding kind of way of, like, Rahash. He's not Rahash. <laughs> yeah, he's just angry. An asshole. He's just kind yeah. of an asshole. For no reason. And I was like, are we supposed to pair him with someone? Because I think I would rather die. Yeah. Like, Honestly, he's not die a virgin. <laughs> Suffer, Hayden. Um, this so is a hater, Hayden hate club. <laughs> this is the Hayden hate club. Fuck you, Hayden. <laughs> Fuck you, Aiden. <laughs> Someone needs to make a Hayden fan account on Instagram and block us so we can have two people in the literary universe block us. That'd be great. You know who great. you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, Ahaka's like, yo, Vectal has been looking everywhere for you. Like, why the fuck you run off like that? And Rahash is like, immediately just like, off you know like standoffish and yeah. like putting liz behind him and like liz is you know trying to like mediate a little bit and there's this awkward exchange where essentially they basically revealed that you need to come back to the tribe like you broke tribe laws like you know the the you know liz needs to be under protection like you're coming with us no ifs about it so no. the four of them like settle down to make camp for the night in which they're going to be going back to the tribe in the morning and it is during this night where Liz picks up the impression that, like, because of Rahash's, like, I guess, like, stern exterior and, like, always having been lonesome, coupled with the fact that she learns from Ahako sort of the backstory of Rahash's parents, um, which we get a little bit into in this chapter, but more is revealed later. Essentially, long story short, correct me if I miss anything, Sid. Um, the story goes that Rahash's father had resonated for a Sakui woman who did not resonate for him. Is that correct? No. So she did. Um, so they originally resonated together, which is Rahash's right. parents. Right, and right. that resulted in him. And then they resonated again. And his dad was like, oh, we got to fuck again. Got to have another kid. And his mom was like, no. And she like did not want to. Um have another child because they actually hated each other because um, wasn't she in love with someone else i thought that was a mention of that like she didn't yeah, resonate there was with a someone else that she was in love with someone else um mm -hmm. so 
because of this, um, she like went to go back to the chief to like not so that they wouldn't like have more kids or like have sex again. Um, and and Rahash's father did not like that, so he kidnapped Rahash's mother and Rahash for years. Um, mm. and hid them away, and no one could find them. And then Rahash and his father reappeared years later. Um, mm-hmm. And because of this, Rahash's father was um, exiled. Um, also, this is how Rahash like gets all of his scars, and his horn is broken off, but it doesn't really go into detail what happened with that. And it's a really yeah. heartbreaking story. It is, it is. I think it's it's implied either in this scene or later. I can't remember. I guess it, I guess it doesn't super matter, but it's implied that like, because doesn't Rahash's mom and like his younger sibling die because of Met? Was it Metlax? There's some so other that's creature. What, that's what his father says, and I think later it's actually revealed Rahash's mother was killed. I don't remember who it was by Metlax, um, mm-hmm. but his brother was just like sickly. And he like wasn't being cared for properly due to the death of their mother. Got you. Got you. Okay. Thank you. I totally blacked that out because it wasn't porn. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Usually the girls like give me more plot and less porn. At this point, I was like, we're two feet in. Let's just dive the whole way. Um, but she finds out this tragic backstory and sort of puts two and two together that people would not really believe that her choice in staying with Rahash in the hunting cave for so long was actually like in part her choice. Um, And she feels that they're going to view this as like what Rahash's father did, a a kidnapping against her will. And so um, I guess to change that opinion, um, her (laughs) go-to logic is to get in a sleeping sack with Rahash off to the side of their encampment and yep. to quietly fuck him, essentially. It wasn't even quiet. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. To basically establish that she was, like, just as much into Rahash as he was into her. Which I was like, all power to you, girl. I don't think I could do that. No, I, no. I don't think I could. That's a little much. But, yeah. Semi-public so, sex. Yep. <laughs> This next chapter, Lauren, I wrote down that I knew you would hate it. Oh, I see that. Yep. Oh, I see it. I did hate it. I feel very seen. Yeah, I- I'm glad I see you. But Lauren, can you tell us what happens? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can. So next day, they bring Rahash and Liz back to the tribe immediately they're like basically separated like Georgie. Well, first Liz reunites with like human women. Georgie then whisks Liz off to go see Malak, which is a Sakui woman healer from the last book that we all were like, oh shit, she's hot. I yeah. vaguely remember something about that. Maybe I'm making that up, but um, they take her to see her. Rahash is off, presumably seeing Vectal. He's nowhere to be found. And yeah. it's during this session that (laughs) they determine that (sighs) they determine Liz is already pregnant and that Georgie is as well and that uh, three other women are also so that's five women are pregnant 
And I'm like, listen, it's only been a week. Really? More than a week. He he was out for nine days. That's more than a week. Oh, my, my bad. My bad. <laughs> nine also, days. Also on top of it, it, how did they all ovulate around the same time? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, oh. I'm like... I mean, listen, maybe y'all are all synced. I don't know how much time you spent on that initial spaceship, but. I desperately, desperately need you to know they are all 22. I know. They're my age. (gasps) I know. I know. I think like there's a line later on where Liz makes a comment about her age and pregnancy and like how she she's like. Oh, like, you know, I don't even know if I'm ready for this. I'm 22. And then they make a reference to some of the other girls who haven't resonated yet. And they keep saying that they're young and that they're like, oh, well, they'll get there eventually. Like, they'll be ready eventually. I'm like, they're probably fucking 19. No, they're all 22. They're all 22. That was established with the little green men. That's weird that they're referring to them as like young. Yeah, it's weird. Um, But then also, do you remember how long that's revealed how long they're pregnant for? I wanted to gouge my eyes out with a pacifier. <laughs> with a pacifier specifically. Um, so, listeners, <laughs> um, if you can't tell by Lauren's enthusiasm for the pregnancy trope, I hate um, it. we find out that a Sakui pregnancy is much longer than the nine month human pregnancy, and it can last up to three years. <laughs> Can you imagine being pregnant for three years? One trimester is a year. Oh, my God. (laughs) Which, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Maybe the the incubation period for Sakui women, like, in their wombs and whatever systems they have is like that. The fact that they also impose that same... Their womb lands. They're, yeah. They impose <laughs> that same three year for like a human's gestational period. I was like, just because the sperm's different, I don't think that changes the incubation time. But I don't, I've never studied cross species like yeah, I don't conceptualization know. or whatever. I don't know. But like, well, and then I was sitting there and I was like, well, no wonder they're nearly extinct. They can only fuck every like three years and make a oh, baby. Yeah. I would. I would go out and, okay, if this was me, and if I resonated to someone, and I learned they didn't have condoms on Planet Not Hoth, I think I would actually march out into the snow, bury myself in it, and just let the cold take me. I think I would. I would just, (laughs) I can't. Yeah. I am not a fan of the pregnancy trope either, so. I mean, I knew it was coming. Like, they're all talking about making babies and everything. So you're like, it's coming. They're they're gonna the pregnancy trope is gonna come up, obviously. But the fact it was like five of them, I was like, I like counted on my hands uh, how many women were on board the ship and then how many got pregnant. And I was like, that's nearly yes. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, again, we're bringing a lot of anatomical realism into our alien smut. But here we go. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like they are they're th- like alien sperm like can we not just like write in maybe it takes a little longer for it to work 
Yeah. You know, I'm just also saying. On top of it, Liz got space racist again and started re- referring to them as like oh, the yeah. Navi from Avatar. And I was like, what? I actually, so I've never seen Avatar. I had to look up what that reference was because <laughs> oh I was like, God. that doesn't feel like Star Wars. I was like, what the hell is she talking about? And I was like, yeah. well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Now we know where the concept for these, like the Sakui came from. So. Oh, I didn't even make that connection. I guarantee you that's where it was. Oh, fuck. I'm never going to be able to watch Avatar ever again. Just be like, where are the horns? Where's the ice planet? Where's the sperm? Where's the sperm? Where's the That's <laughs> Ashley just mimed. Where's the cock? <laughs> where is it? Where is it? I don't want your hair ponytail sex. <laughs> damn it damn it come on yeah my, oh my the god anger... that air thing too is from avatar wow she just ripped off that whole movie <laughs> i know listen all power to her maybe she sat down and watched it and was like i'm dissatisfied with the way that sex panned out in this movie let me, <laughs> let me write she's like you know what maybe if i make enough star wars references no one will no one will understand that this is a direct ripoff of another it'll distract them for the real point yeah, exactly. Oh I'm also oh going to tell you what pisses me off of chapter 24. It's that Liz, who we have established is not only young and 22, who has established that she has been like hesitant and reserved about the idea of getting pregnant this whole entire time, adapts so quickly yeah. to the idea of being pregnant. I'm like, even people who like want children, I would assume there's always at least a little bit of shock to like have an unexpected pregnancy. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't also, know. too, and what I felt was kind of weird. Like, I know she was having strong feelings for Rahash, and I think we had a love confession before this. I don't remember. Um, yeah, Rahash said he loved her, but she hadn't said it back. Yeah, but she was. But the way she kept saying, like, my man, my man, my mate kind of yes. thing. And, like, I knew she knew he was in trouble. Yeah. So it was just kind of weird that it was like that auto defense. But then also Georgie was being kind of weird. Oh, Georgie was hella weird. Georgie was being weird. I mean, I get it if she was just trying to be protective of Liz because she was gone for multiple days. Mm-hmm. She was worried about Rahash. Um, so I get it. I get her being concerned because I would be very concerned. If one of my friends was kidnapped by a man and then she came back and she goes, what do you mean? You just made one bad decision. I'm in love with him and I'm pregnant with his baby. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was an interesting read for me as well, because on one hand, I was actually was like almost angry for Liz because clearly nobody was listening to her. Like she was trying to repeatedly insist that she's in love with this man. At the same time, I also get it. I get why they weren't like there's history there that establishes a premise. There's also, like you said, going off to a cave and coming back and being pregnant and like all googly eyed. Kind of weird. Kind of Stockholm. Yeah. Little, it's a little sus. It's a little weird. It's a, it's a little Stockholm. But yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, they're prego and she wants to go and tell Rahash the news that they have a quote unquote kit on the way, which I was like, if you say kit one more time, I'm going to actually choke you. Um, yeah. I wanted. I hate it. Um, I will say when she suggested baby names later, I thought that was funny. (laughs) That was really funny. I 
so she goes to find him and then basically Georgie reveals to her that like, well, Rahash broke some tribal laws and, you know, is currently, you know, getting exiled. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, wait, no, that isn't revealed yet. They just reveal that he's gone to speak to Vectal and that they're discussing his punishment. Right. Yeah. I think like right after that, though. Like well, yeah, they go to bed and then the next morning they like forcibly res- like separate them. Yes, yeah. So so they basically release Rahash from like his his communal like whatever council meeting with Ventil. They have one last night together, and then they separate them in the morning. And Rahash is exiled for having kidnapped um, Liz because this is perceived as like an endangerment of another tribe member. Um, now, obviously, they're both devastated. Um, Rahash spins basically like his his days, like just sitting as close as he can to their encampment and like watching her. He's like a little speck on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And she's and standing Liz, at like, the mouth of the cave. Yes. Yeah. Liz is standing at the mouth of the cave. She's also been sequestered to what is referred to as the bachelorette quarters or whatever in which it's all the women that haven't resonated and she's like pissed because everyone's like quote-unquote during like girly activities like crying and sewing which i was like do we have to keep referring to displays of emotion as girly but you know yeah it's neither here nor there comsi comsa um yeah and she also gets like she i mean i think this is just a bad like a self-sabotaging thing that Liz does, but she was like actively being antagonistic towards people. Yes. Um, and, yes. and I did like how Kira put it. She's just like, Hey, stop it. Because think about it. If we all get kicked out, what, what are we going to do? So yeah, right. they have the power and we're just trying to get by. So maybe stop being a dick. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you on that. I think like, yeah, I like okay. Okay. Kira. For me, it was like I didn't see the logic in it because mm-hmm. the the offenses and like and antagonistic beliefs that Liz was trying to impart on the women was like more like racist. I think it, it wasn't even targeted yeah. at like Vectal, which to me, that would make sense of like, if you want to sow distrust, sow it against Vectal, who like yeah. exiled your partner. Don't just be like, they feed you rats. And they don't tell yeah. you, like, what the fuck? Or they <laughs> haven't told you the correct, like, season. And then they also lied about their anatomy, which, fair. That is fair. I would be mad, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get it, but she's, like, self-sabotaging to make everyone else suffer around her. And I'm like, yes. Not the healthiest, but I get it. <laughs> yeah and then and then she like it doesn't even feel good when they all finally like leave her alone and she's pissed people off yeah and i'm like girl what was what was the point but yeah this whole time Ehako has been like basically been instructed to like keep watch on her there's also a little mm-hmm. a little side plot where he is interested in pursuing kira but kira is deliberately like not paying him any mind um they have not resonated with each other um but it's clear he's interested and she wants to keep it professional essentially yeah. and so there's like a dual motivation for him being there but anywho um during this um she finds out from ahako that raj has been like hunting this whole time because mm-hmm. his his like kui and his resonance is like 
motivating him to like forget basically all basic care needs for himself and only provide for Liz, his mate. And so he spends his whole time just like killing animals, getting furs and like leaving them as close to the cave as he can. And then like he's not taking care of himself and Ahako is like worried about him. And so one night when Liz is trying to sneak out, like Ahako is like, obviously he catches her and he's like, well, oh, actually, wait, before we um, dive into that, I wanted to bring up the point where um, Georgie talks to Liz and brings up why Vectal can't just like forgive him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The bathing scene. Um, and basically, Georgie just kind of tells Liz straight up. She's like, look, I... It's not it's not just a you thing because Vectal loves Rahash, but it's also a thing to protect the women because it's complicated because there's a bunch of unmated dudes here. What if they just go and grab one of the other girls and then forces like kidnaps her to a cave like what Rahash did to you and then forces her to resonate? And Liz mm-hmm. is like, well, does that happen? Like, that's not how it works. And she goes, we don't know. Yeah, we're trying like we're tr- it's not like it's not just a you thing. It's also to prove a point unfortunately and i was just like see vectal has logic <laughs> yeah yeah now thank you for bringing this up i totally forgot about that scene yeah. i think that scene actually that had never occurred to me mm-hmm. um until that scene and when she said that because up to this point i maybe i was just in liz's head so much i was starting yeah. to antagonize georgie a little bit because i was like because in my mind i was like clearly if this was vectal and georgie's story he would drop all of his like chiefdom shit and like do this for her and i was like it's so frustrating because i know that that's going to be the outcome of like when he finally like lets rahash back in or whatever Mm -hmm. like i was like oh like that's definitely but then they bring up this scene i was like oh wait that actually makes a lot of sense that's actually very well thought out and a good explanation for this damn it (laughs) our alien porn book has logic what the fuck damn it damn it (laughs) but does that stop liz not really no no No. she says but we're different and she tries to explain why they're different and i still did not understand i'm not gonna lie Mm -mm. i was like i I don't see the difference i think the reason she's saying that is because like they resonated like before he took her yeah that's right but she hadn't had the cooey yet yeah weird weird the math ain't mathin'. The math is not mathin'. <laughs> it's not. But anywho, um, that is the night where she's like wanting to to sneak out and Ahaku catches her. Um, obviously he's like, you know, what the hell are you doing? She's like, Oh, you know, I just need to take a piss or whatever. And he's like, Okay, oh, no, she needs to go be sick or something because she has morning sickness. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And he's like all right well here he's like if i let you see him tonight will you promise me that you will try to like tell him to go live his life like you know go survive elsewhere because he is not eating he's not taking care of himself he's only providing for you and of course she agrees to that because she wants to see rahash but literally in her inner monologue she's like i have no intention of telling him that and i was like girl nope. girl he's gonna waste away <laughs> but they go out to see him and, you know, they hug and embrace. And he's like, my mate, my love, my everything, my Liz. And she's like, and he's like, 
you know, she basically convinces him that, you know, he should be eating himself and she's well taken care of. He reluctantly agrees, but he's like, you know, I want you to be well, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, don't worry. I have a plan. We're yeah. getting the gang back together. And so the the plan is enacted in the following chapters. In which she goes, hmm, what's the law that gets people exiled around here? Because they're all like watching me like a hawk because I'm pregnant and shit, so I can't leave willingly. What, what, what gets people exiled? Hostage situations, kidnapping. Ah, yes. What if I did that to a hawk? <laughs> what if I fucking do that? <sighs> so she convinces Kira to like let her out to go hunting for soap berries. Ahaku, of course, accompanies them. She, like, pretends to throw her basket or some shit. I don't know. Whatever. Yep. She, she basically hold, like takes Ahaku's knife out of his holster, holds it to his back. She's like, you're my hostage now. Obviously, Ahaku's like, okay, what the fuck are you going to do with that knife? Like, what the hell? He plays yeah. along, though, because he's a really good sport. They instruct Kira to go back and, like, inform everyone that Liz <laughs> is having him hostage and then for some reason they end up sitting out in the snow her and Ahako and just talk about the ways in which he could pursue and court Kira which is and cute I think this is where we both fell in love with him it we're is like cute. Aww. I love that man I loved him from his entrance I was like yeah. <sighs> so he her advice to him is like like she's still a, sort of yeah she's still s- penis She's still like the the vendetta that she wants to like turn like to fuck with these people and like turn them against each other, I think. And so she gives him the advice of like basically making a dildo of himself and then giving that to Kira, which I presume takes place in the next book, given the fan art that Ashlyn has sent in our chat. (laughs) Which honestly, I was kind of into it. Oh my god, okay. (laughs) I was like... Oh, so she's going to be in denial about her feelings for him and then fuck his penis, okay? <laughs> but yeah, so they have that conversation. Vectel and Georgie, Shorshi, and I don't know, other fuckers come out. And Vectel is like, you're a pain in my ass, Liz. <laughs> she's she's like, like, I better be, Vectel. <laughs> I better be, me. And, um, you know, he again, once, once again, tries to assert his position and the logic of why Rahash had to be exiled. And she again is like, but you know very well that if this was Georgie, you would do the same for her. And then Georgie reveals that, like, like clearly this, like, softens Vectal, and he's, like, looking at Georgie affectionately. We come mm. to find out Georgie's been pulling some strings behind the scenes. She's probably been loving her man up a bit. She's... She was like... We know exactly <laughs> what she's doing with that second spur. Exactly. She basically sort of helped him come to the conclusion that Rahash and Liz are better off together and that there is a peaceful solution here that could maintain everybody's side. They come to the conclusion that Liz and Rahash will not be exiled per se, but for the next, like, basically until she gives birth, so however long that is, two to three years, they will be members of the tribe's hunting party because there is now a surplus of people in the tribe and not enough hunters who haven't resonated to, like, provide food. So they will basically be like every seven days they will be gone on like a hunting excursion where they won't be allowed back at the tribe, the main camp, 
Um, but essentially, Rahash and Liz will be able to like live out of the hunting caves um, and be gone from everyone else for seven days at a time. This is perceived by, you know, large as a punishment, but everyone kind of on the inner circle knows that this is not like this is what Liz and Rahash wanted. They liked being alone and shit. It's like a fuck all day. Yeah. Um, and this is the arrangement until Liz has her baby. So like two to three years. Um, Unless yeah, so they put uh, a member of the tribe in danger. Yes. Yes. That was Under their- the condition that they don't harm anyone else. Um, yep. But yeah. So obviously they're ecstatic about it. They are instructed to spend well, they, they call Rahash back, obviously he comes back. Mm-hmm. They are they are instructed to spend that night in the oh hunting God. barracks, which is a group sleeping quarters of these two fuckers, and then a whole bunch of the unresonated <laughs> yep. men, including Hayden. Which I was like, <laughs> give this fucking guy a break. Give um and Georgie, um <laughs> Oh God. Oh god. I think Georgie was an anal girl. Crazy that that was in my alien smoke. It's it's crazy that Georgie's the one who figured this one out. Uh, But she says, "Hey Liz, here's here's a tip for you. Do doggy." Mm. And Liz is like, "You dirty girl!" And she goes, "And I have one happy mate." And I'm like, (laughs) "Yeah, (laughs) no." I mean, yeah. If it were Liz figuring it out, I would have been like. Smart, but it's Georgie. I'm like, I know. I just, I didn't expect it from her. The wet blanket. The wet blanket. God. Yeah, that that made me choke a little bit on my spit. I'm not gonna lie, not in the kinky way. Yeah. Um. Also, I'll be. They don't have lube. That's gotta hurt. (laughs) Maybe they take snow and they let it melt a little bit. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying oh, to invent lube. Trying to invent lube. Liz <laughs> doesn't have a problem with it. Jesus Christ. Uh yeah, so this gives her some ideas. And uh that night in the hunting quarters, they're like purring for each other. They're really resonating. Um, but you know, there's like so many other unresonated men around. Like obviously Rahash is like, I would love to, but we can't. Liz apparently has no problem with public no. sex. We have we have established this. So she starts going crazy, being like, Oh, Rahash, what are you doing to me with your tail? I love oh, it. God. It's so good. And then all the men one by one are like, the fuck? And then they leave <laughs> and sleep somewhere else. <laughs> and then they proceed to like fuck and like Yeah. I do love yeah. Rahash's thing and be like, he's like, Liz. My love, I love you. I have to face these men and they're going to ask me what the fuck I do with my tail. <laughs> I know. But then in the same breath, he's like, she's like, oh, use your imagination. He goes, I don't have to use my imagination. Let me show you whatever. He just like flicks it over her pussy. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't like that. that I was I kind of into like. it. <laughs> you were into it? A little bit. A little bit. I guess I need to say, what does their tail even look like? I don't know. Okay, they're all depicting it with, like, hair at the end. I'm not into it. If it's, like, the little <laughs> hairy hairy tip, I'm good. You don't want a feather duster in your pooch? I really don't want a feather duster in my pooch. I'll be good. I'm good. <laughs> that might be my favorite word for 
vagina pooch we'll add it to the list horrible anatomy pooch pooch so yeah um that's pretty much where like the main story ends sydney you said you did not read the bonus episode right i did not and i did not also read the honeymoon um short story let me quickly fill you in on the bonus episode because i would like you to know what happens i did not read the honeymoon either honestly the honeymoon was a little bit like disjointed and irrelevant Mm -hmm. the bonus episode continues the next day from like when they embark on their hunting exile thing the problem is that it's such a tonal shift because we literally leave off the main story with them like fucking and happy with this arrangement. The bonus episode starts off with a line where Hosh is in like a pissy mood. And Dream. yeah, and so they're walking around like going to their like hunting cave, which is apparently super far from the tribal encampment because I don't know, they want to like get the hardest kills first or some shit. And Rahash is just like not really talking you know anything that liz tries to do to get him to smile he doesn't give in and she's like racking her brain with ways of like trying to get him to loosen up and so she plays a baby name game she tries to get him to play i spy (laughs) and like all this shit they basically do like a brangelina like try to mash up their names a whole bunch of different ways again um Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really work again he's just like distant Come to find out in his perspective, he's all of a sudden concerned that he's been selfish with her because while initially he was happy with this arrangement, he's now worried that her life will be endangered as they're hunting and that their future kit, their Brangelina child, will be endangered and that she has to be pregnant in these like hostile conditions. Again, it's more of the same. He did bring up earlier how the, the bear things fucked him up and she was like i can take care of myself and he's like i can as well and i nearly died and i was like yes. you know what that is fair <laughs> i get <Yes>. that <laughs> yes that's that's something that actually gets re-brought up it's like mm-hmm. there's a line in his perspective where he's like i know that she can handle herself she's more than capable but it's like you know he's like she would be safer if this wasn't the outcome you know like if she got to stay in the encampment and i worry for that this desire is selfish so they make it to a hunting cave and she's like trying to again find ways to loosen him up and of course she's like i'm really cold will you like warm me up and 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 she's like and he's like yeah where are you cold at and she's like my pussy and she like drops her pants (laughs) and she's like can you warm up my pussy and he's like yeah and so he oh my god she sits on his face and he eats her out that is my favorite scene for this whole book i need to re- i need to read the bonus you chapter. do <laughs> just just honestly you don't need to read the chapter just the scene it's really Got good it. it's i will really good. i yeah it's really good Sorry, my mouth just went dry <laughs> it's, it's really good um so oh, yeah, God. he does that. And then immediately after, um, basically they like talk it out. He like reveals to her, you know, oh, he's like afraid that like, you know, she'll lose interest in him. It'll be a repeat of like what happened with his parents and that, you know, he's endangering her again. She does the whole like reassurance thing of like, hey, this is my choice and yada, yada. Long story short, they then proceed to do doggy style as well. Um, so they try out, they try that out. Um, and that's kind of where it ends. 
it's a bit odd. It's an odd epilogue to include. Um, personally, I thought it was a bit weird, so I'm glad it's and not part of the main story. Up again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the honeymoon, it's just more of the whole like same shit of like him being insecure that she will find him ugly and so he starts asking for advice of how to like pleasure her and like people give him really bad advice such as doing anal without any kind of like foreplay or like like preparation and then she gets mad at him when he tries that and then like it's weird it's weird Ashley can tell you more about that anyway that was how the story ended you're better off not reading the bonus episodes I promise just the honey for that one scene no. yeah yeah, Not honestly, the bonus skip the plot bonus chapter so both, read. Yeah, skip the plot okay. even of the bonus chapter in the honeymoon. Just go to the sex. There's about like four scenes. Just read it. They're good. Lauren, some of the better I ones. don't like sex. It's telling me to skip to the sex scenes <laughs> to skip the plot. Listen, I <laughs> love it when a lady's on top. I'm just I'm just saying it. And like that was the mm. only time it happens in this book and I was starved for it. I'm so glad. I'm so You're glad welcome. that you were satiated. You're welcome for this knowledge. Anywho. That's the my end. mouth is dry <laughs> and my and my pooch is cold. Questions? Hi. I have questions. So obviously I feel like we know the answer based off of how you guys have talked about this book. But part one of my question is Bechtel or Rahash? Vanilla Vectel. Rahash is raunchy. He's made for the yeah. raunchy ladies. Yeah, Rahash is Rahash is made for the ladies of Raunchy Power Hour. Like we thought Vectel. We thought Vectel was was great. And then Rahash. Like Sid, like Sid said, Rahash is Rahat. <laughs> what can we say? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Remember how we hated on we hated on him the first book. We're like, why is he grumpy? That's weird. And now we're just like <laughs> foaming at the mouth. <laughs> we're probably gonna feel the same for Hayden if we oh, ever probably. read his book. We'll see how. Um, I can't say his name. I'm just not gonna repeat it. <laughs> Who? Oh, Ahako. Ahako. Georgie or Liz? Liz. 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 Easy. The fact we had characteristics and a personality already better. Yeah. Enough said about that. I think I have a feeling if we do read Ahako's book, Kira will outshine Liz to me. But between the two options we currently have, Team Liz. Team Liz right now. Isn't it so funny how the bar is so low? <laughs> and how we are satisfied with the most minimal amount of Wow. Agency? Oh, Resist. man. Oh, I'm so turned on by character agency. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. This is probably my favorite question I think I've ever produced for this podcast. Oh, God. Pitch me your own Ice Planet Barbarians plot. <gasps> oh, shit. Oh, shit, girlfriend. Oh, fuck. Ooh. Wait, can I ask a clarifying question? 
does this have to take place within like the canon pre-existing universe of Ice Planet Barbarians? Like I can't go rogue with like the lore. I think that you cannot change not Hoth. Okay. And you can't kill anyone off that's still alive. Shit. Shit. Okay. (laughs) All right, Sid, you go first. My idea was ruined. I mean, mine was too. (laughs) If I was to do my own. Oh, I know what I would do. I know what I would do. If I were to write an Ice Planet Barbarian book, I don't know if this goes against lore. I don't know if this can happen in this universe. But what I would do is I would have one of our ladies, um, one of the ones that hasn't resonated yet. She is like doing some activity or something and she's like helping around she's like become really proficient and just like doing stuff for the system and it's just like you know what yeah i'm like i know it's gonna happen and it's like it it's gonna be what it's gonna be but i'm like i'm okay being single right now like i'm not too worried i really don't want to have a kid but like i'm chill just like being by myself and she's like happy with that she's like but i know i'm gonna resonate at some point when suddenly someone who she see, who she's known for a while comes in. It's a Hako. And they resonate. And she goes, oh, it's time. It's you. And he goes, it's you. But then suddenly someone bumps into her. And she's like, what? And while this is happening... Oh my god! Just, like it, the resonation stops for a second, but then it picks back up for a second. Resonant, and it'd oh. be Hayden. Oh shit! Can the main character of that book be Lauren? <laughs> I need that. Yeah, I need them both. That's what I would do. And then I would love like the tension of it being like them trying to figure out, be like, how would we work this out? Because obviously, like all three of us resonated, but like. He and I didn't resonate for each other. It's like, how do we do this? I love it. That's <laughs> juicy. That's I, <laughs> I need that story. Um, <gasps> wait, can you imagine? Then it's a scene where they like they take turns. <laughs> Threesome. I would love it. I mean, listen, with as many books in the Ice Planet Barbarian series as there are, eventually the same sex scenes, you got to get creative. You know what I mean? It's going to feel yeah. like a rinse and repeat. There needs to be a book that does that. Yeah, we need it. there has to be. But my idea, and this is partially inspired because I do think Ruby Dixon very recently released or announced a sapphic novel. Oh. I think it's within the Ice Planet Barbarians universe. Ashley, you may want to fact check me on that. But I would love if there was maybe this is changing to the canon a little bit, but, you know, we'll forgive. A human woman hasn't resonated with anyone. She's getting really discouraged, like everyone else at this point has already resonated. 
and none of the men are just like really jumping out to her. Like she's got friends among the the male Sukui and but just nothing is working. She's tried hookups before. Nothing resonates. Nothing sticks. Then one day she resonates for a woman. She resonates from one of the very few female Sukui that have like maybe they were like a widow or something. That's my that's my thinking. Like they've been widowed. So their partner's out of the way or whatever. They've already had their children, whatever. And they like have to navigate this like unheard of sapphic relationship within this like very heteronormative structure of their culture. And because obviously the residence is all about reproduction. Well, Mm -hmm. then why are we resonating for each other? We can't biologically reproduce. So what does this mean? And not only does it like we get to explore this like beautiful sapphic love story, but also it would like change what the Sakui know about resonance that maybe it's not all just biologically reproducing. It's just simply mm-hmm. about love and like compatibility. Clearly this is me trying to um, one further the gay <laughs> agenda and two get rid of the pregnancy trope that I hate so much, but that would be yeah. my dream story. Oh, what if they resonated for each other because they'd be able to raise like healthy kids as in like, help raise like the children they uh-huh. have, like, just naturally motherly that's what i was thinking that the female sukui mm-hmm. in this relationship would be widowed or something like maybe she already has children Ooh. and like maybe lost her partner in like a hunting accident or some shit yeah i sorry I, I just re- i'm sorry i just read a headline that said um the alien porn book making tiktok horny is deeply satisfying <laughs> me too <laughs> Me too. I felt that. I also want to add the reason I went with that story is simply because if I had to do more of like a, a heterosexual story, I would choose the plot line between Kira and Ahako. I love that shit. Yeah. I love yeah. that shit so much. I was like, You're oh, like I know that's my that's every trope that I've ever wanted. Every trope. I want male pining and women logical and justifiable refusal. I, I want it. it. I love it. I want So, Lauren, to answer your question, there appears to be... To say it's part of the Ice Planet Barbarian series is kind of not correct, but it seems Mm -hmm. like she has several series that are all vaguely Ice Planet Barbarians and the Ice Planet Barbarian series. So it's it's part of the the Rizdiverse. (laughs) Um, Okay. The Rizdiverse? You're gonna Riz them up? Are the aliens called the Rizzlers? Please tell me. (laughs) Oh, well, we need to read that book for Pride Month. (laughs) Yeah, I. The. Yeah. There are a lot. Because there's the Rizdiverse. There's the Corsairs, uh, Ice Home, and then Ice Planet Barbarians. And they all appear to be the same, like, alien people. I'd be down to read that. You you want to read the lesbian alien porn book? I I need to shake it up. I can only read about anal spurs for so long. 
<laughs> Give me your fun, funky, fresh rating out of five. More. I'm intrigued because you said this dropped, and I want to know how low you dropped this. So initially, I was going to rate this a four, which is very high for me. I know, I know. Wow! But look wow! I will say the four. So I actually have two ratings. One is in relation to the books we've exclusively read on this podcast. So only within the scope okay. of the RPH universe. The other is within like my own just like library of books that I have read. Mm-hmm. Within the scope of the RPH universe, this would have been a four for me. I really mm-hmm. liked it. I was down. It dropped to a 3.5 simply because of that one scene, which that's just a personal thing for me. It's just really meaningful to have that representation for me. Doesn't mean it's required for everybody. So like if you're like, nah, girl, give me constant sex. I'm good with that. All power to you. You know, that's not for me, unfortunately. But that dropped into a 3.5, but still fairly high rating from me. I'm, I'm usually yeah. really grumpy about ratings. In real life, without the context of this podcast and just like comparing it to like all the books I would normally read and pick up, I would say it's a three. I did give it a three on Goodreads just because it's my personal Goodreads. Um, yep. But again, Fair. still solid. Still solid. I was impressed. Yep. I was impressed. I I will agree with this. So like I honestly I'll agree with both of your ratings. Honestly, out of Hell the yeah. books we've read for RPH, I would rate it a four. Like it's Play. definitely not at the level of social distance or um one last stop, which I was I'd love. Mm-hmm. Like but I actively picked up this book and I was excited to read it, which I did not expect. Um especially coming from the first one. And yeah. it was, the erotica scenes were really well done. The I liked most of the characterization. Um, I liked some background and I liked some of the new introduced characters. And yeah, I would rate it a four out of five for based off of RPH books that we have read. But for my personal, if we're going off of what... Um, what I've said before, uh, it is a three only because I'm embarrassed to suggest this to people in my personal life. Same. I'm like, I yeah. can't rate this above a three. I can't. I like, can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't rate this higher than a three in my personal life because. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't. <laughs> As established before, my mother listens to this podcast, and I feel like she'd be disappointed in me. Oh. Well, just know that no matter how far from grace you have fallen in her eyes, I probably have fallen further. I have said some really awful things that your mom has had to hear. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, mom. (laughs) Well, do you have anything else you, any last thoughts of Barbarian Alien for you? No, but I'm going to wake up at like 6 a.m. tomorrow and go to the library in the middle of a snowstorm, which is very not Hoth of me, um, and pick up a Hako's book and read it in one day. (laughs) I will, uh, I may, I may do the same. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And... 
with that, that is the end of our review for Barbarian Alien by Ruby Dixon. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, go listen to the first one if you haven't listened to it. Also, but also, why are you listening to this episode if you haven't listened to the first one? Um, I would suggest go listen to our first um, review of I Spent a Barbarians, but you don't have to. The audio is awful, and we were little blushing virgin podcasters who didn't know how to say dick and balls yet. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of other episodes that you can go listen to. A whole year's worth. And uh, yeah, go listen to us on. We've got we're on Apple Music, we're on Spotify, we are on possibly YouTube Music. Um, we don't know. <laughs> we're on we're on things. Uh, and you can also go follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitch. Uh, see what we're posting. Uh, see any updates on what we're planning on talking about. And also, everybody. Not only are we going, have we reintroduced ourselves to a series that we began with. It is time again for us to face our mortal enemy and the author that blocked us within our first couple episodes. Oh, Oh. That's right, everybody. It's time. We are reading The Misses by E.L. James. <laughs> so we're going from a very high high to a low low. So be ready for the chaos. Lauren, I love you, but you did cause this. <laughs> if I'm not... Listeners, if I suddenly disappear for the Raunchy Power Hour podcast, just know that E.L. James took me out. <laughs> <laughs> and with that we will say good night to you you I hate this one anyway raunchy rug rats join us uh, in March for our first episode of the misses by E.L. James thank you for tuning in to this episode of the raunchy power hour find us on Instagram and Twitter at the RPH podcast send us book recs to our email raunchypowerhour at gmail.com or at the link in our bio on any of our socials as always stay raunchy stay raunchy